When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode, is your spell check racist? The tale of the broken lunch lady and clearing the air before visiting Weedy Wally. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me the vital information so I get the red thoughts. Who do yeah? The church of Lori Beth is in session and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talk to my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Lori Beth Denberg, <laughs> and welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. Woo! With me, as always, is Bags, the woof, dog. Woof, woof. He happens to be right next to me, and I'm totally tugging on his ear. Yes, you are. But then Bags also has an owner who is with me, as always, Clark Proser. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm having fun tugging on your dog's ears He's... in a way that he enjoys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has very tuggable, lovable ears. He's like leaning hard into my leg right now. He's right? a leaner. He is definitely a leaner. A love leaner. Yes. A love leaner. Leaner. Oh, how, how have you been lately? Have you had a good week so far? I've had a good week. I had a good day last Friday. Yeah. As you know, because we went. You and I went with my parents and my wife and my son to the Hollywood Bowl. My favorite place. Favorite place in the world. Yes. And we saw... The Princess Bride, which is one of my favorite movies yes. of all time. I mean, it, there were so many awesome things about that night. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. And it really so, was. For for anyone who doesn't know, which I don't know how, if you've been listening to this podcast, <laughs> right? I've laid out the entire Hollywood Bowl season and uh, <laughs> geographic setup. Right. But um, what they do in this case, what they did was they, you know, project or show mm. the movie on gigantic screens in the amphitheater. Right. And then the orchestra played the score live. Right. So it's which was, very exciting. Which was even cooler because that means that you and I have seen this movie in a in a plussed up way more than almost everyone else in the world. Mm -hmm. Because Princess Bride never had an actual orchestra score. It was only true. a synthesizer. Yep. It was one dude that worked in the Dire Straits, and he did all synthesized instruments for the score. So and like was... you said it like an old person, he worked in the Dire Straits. <laughs> he was in the band he Dire Straits. He was in the Straits. band, the Dire yeah. Straits. You yeah. just made it sound like he was like a ragamuffin <laughs> trying to make his way through 18th no, no. century London. <laughs> no, I'm no, working no. in the Dire Straits. I hope to make it out of this slum one day. But yeah, so we got to, I'm to hear- write me the music to Princess Bride. <laughs> We got to hear an actual real life orchestra playing the music that has never been played by a real life orchestra yeah, before. Yeah, it's so good. And I always feel guilty because when I'm in those positions, 
where the orchestra is playing live to a movie, I forget. Yeah, right? I mean, which is a testament to how well they're yeah, doing it. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I'm like, oh yeah, please appreciate the hundred people working right now while I watch <laughs> this movie. Okay, and then uh, who wants to say the best story of what happened that night? There are two, in my opinion. Okay. I, I think I'll go with the one Karen heard. Sure, sure, and sure. And you can go with the one, because it's my it, new- yeah. It is my new favorite sentence right. of all time. For those of you who haven't seen The Princess Bride, yeah, which stop sure listening to this and go fucking you. watch it. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the framing device is that the grandson is sick in bed and the grandfather comes to read him the story. Yeah. And then the story is The Princess Bride. Right. But so the friends, it's a tiny, tiny Fred Savage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talking to a very funny Peter Falk. Yes. Um, who was in larger. old age makeup. In like, old age. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't old enough to he, play the grandpa. Yeah, they aged him up. They a bit. aged him up. But, you know, in true Hollywood fashion, Fred Savage is like kind of rude. And he's like, Grandpa, this story is stupid. <laughs> and Karen said that like when he was given his grandfather all of this attitude lex goes that kid is trash <laughs> which is now my favorite sentence of all time yeah I that, like that kid is trash that was really fun and then later at the end of the movie he comes yeah so in the the first half he was sitting by karen and the second half he moved and he was sitting by me uh yeah and uh we were watching the end of the movie, and of course, you know, I'm going to spoil a little thing here, but, you know, Indigo comes and he's, you know, on the revenge for the six-fingered man, and they're doing their final battle, and he's, like, doing that, hello, you, uh, my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die, and he's repeating it over and over, and he goes, give me everything I want, and he goes, oh, I'll give you anything you want, please, just let me live. And he goes, give me your, give me my father back, you son of a bitch. And he shoves the sword in him. And Lex let out really loud, savage. <laughs> and everyone else around us was laughing oh hysterically. So funny. I loved that. That was so much fun. I like so watching funny. movies with Lex. They're really, it's really fun. Yeah. To get it through that six-year-old well, perspective. Well, because you were saying you watched the uh, what, the the newest Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, we did. It's so, and he liked it so much that literally last night for dinner, we watched the original Space Jam. Oh, what did he think of that one? He liked it. It was good. You know, Michael Jordan uh, is definitely a different kind of horrible actor than uh lebron james Understood. but you know they both have their qualities and yeah. he was really watching it more for wiley coyote than any <laughs> basketball moments so you know it was fun uh, it, it was, was good it was a fun night at the bowl it i was. love the bowl i know me too we'll hear more about it i have a few more uh shows yeah so right? stay tuned to this hollywood bowl cast <laughs> Yes, but uh, we also have uh, school is coming up. School is coming uh, up. Yeah, we've been worrying about that a lot here in the house because Lex is uh, going into first grade. Oh, my God. It's so fucked isn't that up. crazy? So, but and you're going back in person right now. Everything is just still okay -ish? So far. Yeah, so far. I mean, they're all going to have to wear masks all day long in the class. Yeah. And they can't, uh, you know make out make out or anything so that's off the table they no. can't share one big turkey leg at lunch <laughs> it's true they can't share anything at lunch yeah that's true but you know 
weekly tests and it's it's a hassle <sighs> but you know you got to do it yeah so we're doing it oh but it's a pain in the ass yeah unfortunately actually we do have a couple of uh uh school questions today too oh, so we do? a little bit of a school themed episode oh excellent yeah, yeah a little bit little bit, not okay. a lot but uh, yeah, it's it's been bad. I know you have a fr couple of friends that are teachers too. Yeah, I have a couple of friends that are teachers. The big, ha it's not so much going back to school. Right. It's the worry that one day it'll be like, nope, let's go back home. This right. didn't work out. Yes. That's the, the that's the main issue. It's not. It, it's not like I just need to be back in reality. No. It's, it's, that You're, will get set up and then it'll be like, oh, by the way, Clark and Karen, your kid's coming home again. Right, exactly. Come get another uh, iPad because yeah. we're going back to homeschooling. Yeah, and Ugh. it's a different kind of teaching, you know? Yeah, it's like a big time. It's like they'll do all the prep for, you know, like my, one of my friends is like, I'm not setting up my classroom. <laughs> like in, in the, in, I've, set, I've set up many a classroom with a teacher friend. Yeah. You know, you go in with a few friends right. before school starts and it's like, put up the bulletin boards right. and all this stuff, like tons of shit. You fill the walls and you make the bulletin board with the, what's it called? The borders. Yeah. For when, and it's like, math is neat. We're going to put up all the math kids, you know, right, right, all, right. The, all the good scores and put all the other ones in the trash and make sure they know it. But, um, you know, at this point, she's like, Ugh, I'm just, whatever. I'm yeah. going to throw some shit on the walls. Yeah, seriously. Because it's feel it's like that feeling when there's like a trap door. Yep. You don't know if you're going to fall through it at any moment. Yeah. It's scary and it's it's it makes everyone anxious. Yeah. You know? So that's the thing about it. I mean, as someone with no child right. and who is not in school. Right, right. That even just makes me anxious because yeah. everyone else I know that's affected by it, it's like stop on a dime yeah. and switch everything is yeah. gonna be really, really frustrating. Yes, it is. It really is. Um I don't know. This is, uh, is a scary time, but, you know, we're all dealing with it the way we can. And hopefully you're all dealing with it as well as you can. But uh, I wish I had COVID as an excuse for why I did so poorly in school. <laughs> right. Wouldn't like, that have been an amazing. All these kids are going to get this pass. Right. Of like, well, you really had to live through this. You know, I'm just a dropout failure. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, it's okay. You were close. <laughs> you almost made it. Uh, let's move on. We have a, a good number of questions today and a, a little long-winded questions, too. So okay. uh, we might want to get to it. So here is question number one for this week. And question number one comes from a lovely lady named Maggie. Maggie. And Maggie says, I did not have a typical high school experience. I went to what was advertised as one of those hippy-dippy free schools, but it turned out to be a religious savages cult. I wasn't great at falling in line. And as a result, I was what my cult friends and I refer to as TNS bad kid. I left the school at 18 after the leader compared me to a Nazi long story. While the religious brainwashing didn't stick, the narrative that I'm not smart or deep or good at basically anything has been harder to shake. I'm 25 now and I've just gotten my high school diploma. My state has an adult diploma program and so I was able to actually graduate instead of getting a GED. 
I'm set to start community college in the fall. And while I'm super excited, I'm also terrified. I haven't done homework since I was 14. And it's only within the last year that I've started questioning the notion that I'm not smart. I'm worried that I won't be able to cut it. And also that I'm so far behind in my education that I'll never catch up. I know 25 isn't old, but it feels like it in relation to starting college. What can I do to get ready for this major transition? And how can I shut up that voice of my cult leader that still lives in the back of my head? That's Maggie. Wow, Maggie. Yeah. This is why high school is bad. <laughs> in any form, right. high school ruins lives. It's true. Maggie, that sounds extraordinarily stressful, dramatic, yeah. cinematic. Wow. Write a movie about it. Seriously. But... Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all completely shitty. And yeah. but you've come out the other side. 25 is not old not in the all. scheme of life. It not better not be because I'm 45. <laughs> so if things are over for you, I've been dead for a decade. Um, the the first thing there's like obviously so much yeah, to talk to, about. Yeah, in there. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you were. Uh, compared to a Nazi because of your sharp look. <laughs> uh, but I doubt it. Your fine blonde crew cut hair. Exactly. So you seem to have a handle on that this school slash cult slash whatever was just a bunch of bullshit. Right. And even though you know that, and even though I know that about myself, even though I didn't go to that school, <laughs> those preconceived notions of I'm not good enough, right. I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm, it, it is just gets stuck in our cross. I wasn't yeah. even going to say yours and I wasn't going to say mine, ours, because despite the different situations, that's just what so many people live with and it fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. And I think though, what you've got is the right idea. Yeah. Because first of all, 25 isn't going to be old for college. Not we at hear all. from people all the time on this show that are like, I'm 37, but I don't know what I want to do. Right. I think I'll go back to college. Absolutely. I think you're going to find, especially, at, did she say community college? Community college. At a community college, I think you're going to find a wide swath of ages, shapes, colors, and orientations. Absolutely. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. And, what totally grabbed my attention, because I always think this, you know how like it's that thing where, you know, kids don't know how good they have it. Like right. hilarious Facebook posts like, <laughs> uh, why are you crying? You don't want to eat and take a nap? That's my dream, yeah. says an adult, which is like, <laughs> it, it, people think it's funnier than it is, but it's so true. Right, it is. So I have this feeling that like going back and doing some schoolwork, you know, it might be fun. Yeah. Because it's not what we were tasked with growing up. Okay, you have to do this. You have to do this, especially at the cult school. I don't know what else you have to do. <laughs> right. But first of all, it'd be nice for you to be educated and get education and find a community and knowledge without having to be in a cult. That's right. That would be really nice. Hopefully, I mean, I don't want to say hopefully, but. Ideally, maybe you'd go to a secular community college, not one that's religious based. Because even hope. if it's not the same kind of thing, that might kind of get under your yeah, skin. Yeah. And I wouldn't want that to like touch a nerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be like, well, I'm quitting. Yeah. I don't want to do this again. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, 
I think that it sounds like you never had the chance to just go. Well, first of all, high school's terrible anyway. <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. People made fun of me because I was fat. You got compared to a Nazi. What's the difference? <laughs> it's true. Um, no, it sounds pretty awful. Yeah. And I'm sorry about that. But, you know, you have the opportunity now. Go to school. It might be just fun. Yeah. You see what it's like to get an assignment and to learn things. Like, that's the the thing whenever I'm I'm with a kid who's like frustrated. I don't understand this math. Mm. And it's like, you're not supposed to. Right. You're learning it. That's exactly right. It's, it's doesn't have to be frustrating. It makes sense if it is because we all want to be good at everything right away and right. not have to work and not have to feel stupid or whatever. Of course. But if you already knew what you were learning, you'd be wasting money on that course. <laughs> exactly. So the the worry you have, like, I haven't done homework. What did she say? Like, Yeah, ha she hasn't done homework since she was 14. Uh, and it's only within the last year that she started questioning the notion that she wasn't smart. Yeah. Uh, well, I can tell you, we've received many, many, many questions. And yours is well written. Yeah. And uses well. grammar. And how's the spelling on there, Fantastic. Clark? Fantastic. Okay. Clark says the spelling's good. You, you check out. You didn't capitalize Nazi and uh, my uh, grammar Nazi of the uh, word processor that I use is uh, commenting on that, but that's about it. No, but I think that might be a uh, a political statement. Oh, yeah. That's I think true. That it's not well capitalized done. On yeah, and good. I, I like think that. that your spell check has a couple issues to work out. <laughs> yeah, right. I think he's showing his true colors. <laughs> um, so. You're smart. Yeah. You're intelligent. Yes. And you've persevered right. through a lot worse than going to a community college math class that you have to figure out. Yes. So I wouldn't worry about that. That's so easy to say. I wouldn't worry <laughs> about it. But you're not supposed to know the things yet. Yes. You're supposed to learn them. Yes. And you just, pra what Clark says, practice and patience. Practice and patience. I've been pushing that on Lex for his whole life. But also, as the only person of the three of us, you, me, and Maggie, that has been to community college, mm -hmm. I graduated from a community college, I have to tell you, there is a different feeling of learning in high school and learning in college, even mm -hmm. community college. Because when you're in high school, it almost feels like your grades all the stuff that you're learning, it isn't for you. You're doing it. You're having, you're expected to, to do it, but you're there because your parents and the society is telling you, you have to be in school. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When you get to college, that weight is lifted off of you. You know, at 25, you're not going to be worrying about grades because your parents are going to freak out and be upset at you. You're yeah. worrying about grades because you personally have a stake in the in the fight. Yeah. Right. You're wanting to move on and progress and not spend another, I don't know, hundred bucks or whatever it is for a <laughs> community college class. Like you don't want to waste that money. So you're doing it for yourself. And there's just a different feeling when you're learning for yourself than when you're learning because you're being told to. Yes. And because state law mandates <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm telling you, Maggie, that is going to make such a big difference. And you're going to see it's easier to do homework. It's easier to study because you're doing it for yourself. You don't feel like you're being forced to. I like that. So hopefully that helps.
Uh, do you have anything else for Maggie? No, Maggie, you kind of kick ass. It yeah. sounds like you've crawled through a lot of bullshit. Exactly. And you're like, what do I do now? Let me get an education. Exactly. And that's a wonderful idea. And honestly, the 25 thing, the, the fact that you would be... It, when you're in college at 25 and you say, oh, I'm a freshman and they go, oh, you should be a senior. That's not you're too old for college. That's just like you're off by a couple of years. Yeah, right? Exactly. You'd be there as a as a senior at 25. So it's not like a 25 year old would never be in a college. Uh, meanwhile, some like 70 year old woman that like had to work on a farm her whole <laughs> life is like. I finally came to get the education. What, you're 25? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need to sit here. It's close to the bathroom. Move it. Okay. 25 is perfect to go to college. Yeah, in it my is. Opinion. It really, really, really is. It's a great time to go to college. All right. Um, let's move on. We're going on to our second question of the day. And Ooh. this is from Delia. And Delia says, hi, Lori Beth. My father died recently. Oh. Up until about a week before his death, I hadn't spoken to his partner in over eight years. She and I have always had a tumultuous relationship, and it made it difficult for me to have a healthy relationship with my father. Ultimately, that was his choice and responsibility, but it was definitely something she pushed for. When she called to tell me he was dying, she made two huge requests of me. The first was that I be the one to sign off on decisions regarding his care. They never married, so she couldn't do it herself. Uh, and she didn't want to put the burden on her children. So the second uh, request was that I get there to say goodbye, which entailed dropping everything and driving 800 miles in the middle of a pandemic. I obliged to both and got there the next morning with my brother. As I stated, she and I hadn't spoken for eight years. She is, or at least was, a very abusive person. While I was never on the receiving end of physical abuse, I got more than my fair share of emotional abuse. I knew there was no use in dwelling on it while I was there, and so I just pushed it aside. Since that trip, she and I have started talking regularly again. She actually ended up making her own 800-mile drive with two of my siblings to visit and bring me his ashes. And honestly, I'm really enjoying the connection we have right now. Plus, she and my father have several kids together, and it's great to be able to have a relationship with them again. I'm not worried about being further abused by her at this point. I live far away, and I know how to set boundaries. However, I'm having a hard time shaking my anger with her. It's not a constant feeling, but when it comes, it's strong. I don't think she's able to have an honest conversation about our past, at least not yet. And I don't want to jeopardize where we are now or my relationship with our siblings. How can I continue to have her in my life while respecting myself and maybe even finding some closure? That was oh Delia. Delia. Yeah. We are getting some stories today. Right? This is what I was saying. Again, I will say that our listeners do not spare us the details. I know. This is a, so fun. And sometimes when they do, they follow up and they're like, here's what happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, Delia, I'm sorry about your father. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry about this bad relationship i mean yeah. i've heard this plenty of times i mean it's like you know a trope the the wicked stepmother right, yeah but um you know within real life i've you know had many friends with the same story yeah and i'm glad that you were able to 
kind of put that aside and do, you know, make the plans for your dad and go visit him because that probably is something you would have wanted to do. You know, so one of those things like, I'll regret it if I don't do it. Exactly. So, and it's very interesting, of course, now that your father is gone, that this woman is reaching out and being more open or wanting a relationship. It's, right. It's, it's, Kinder, it sounds like. Yeah, but I'm suspicious. <laughs> Clark is more good-hearted than me. What is she after? Um, Your father died. Now I will marry you. <laughs> She's going to slowly start killing you She's now. Gonna, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't say, my dad was 40, and apparently (laughs) he was allergic to ground glass, because that's what did him in. Um, Anger about this kind of shit and abuse and just someone being a manipulative yuck face in general is hard to shake. Yeah. Unless you get some zen, awesome shit going on in your brain. Right. Which I don't have. So <laughs> we'll talk about this. Um, I think you're doing a really good job of it. And I it's it's very hopeful to me that I that you said or I heard, I hope she yeah. said it, you know, that that you live far away and that you can set boundaries. Yes. So <laughs> That can be your saving grace. Yeah. You can be prepared if she encroaches on your boundaries. Right. But um, the danger is like, I feel like I feel you because I am you. Mm. (laughs) That like, I have this, you know, evisceration locked and loaded for the person that deserves it. Yeah. Just step over the line. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I really hear your adult better angels going like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. I do have half brothers and sisters and this is going okay. Yeah. And the fact that she came and brought the ashes is really interesting. It really is. Because if she was like, stay away, stay away. And then she's like, here's his ashes. That's really. It sounds, it really does sound to me as if this lady is trying at least. Yeah. Whether or not she's changed, who knows? But at the very least, you got to give her a little credit for trying. You do. But in this situation, what you want is for them to say, I acknowledge what I did and I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the piece that's missing. And I think she even, is it Delia? Delia. Delia. We get the best names. I know. Delia was like, I don't think she can have a conversation about it yet. Right. You know, and maybe never will be able to, you know, and that's where it's like, I have to take the time and look at it from the other person's perspective. Not look at it, you know, not look at, you know, oh, it, uh, you know, not, oh, she abused me, but here's what she meant. Right. You know, like, where are they coming from trying to understand people's motivations? Yeah. Because a lot of time it's not, you know, I'm just an evil, horrible bitch. I just want right. your dad's money. I just want him all to myself. Right. You know, then you go back and you go, okay, what do I know about her? She was abandoned. She's worried about this. She's, you know, right. I don't know. I'm making all this shit no, up no, about, no, your, totally. about your evil, wicked stepmother. <laughs> and and it it really sounds like Deal is trying to be the bigger man. Yeah, it really and does. And that's really admirable. And it's really exhausting because a lot of times you just want to tell someone, fuck you, you piece of shit. Yeah. 
I, I feel like it's almost uh, akin to like walking a tightrope, right? Because there's such a little bit of communication between the two of you. It's, mm. it's little. It's there, but it's just really tiny. And you know that it's going to be easy to fall off at any point. But I do agree with you that the fact that she is far away and she knows how to set boundaries means that at least at the very least, she has a safety net under her. Yeah. Right. So she if she wanted to, she could try making it across that rope. But if it if she falls, at least she knows she's going to fall into a net and she's not going to get too hurt. Yeah. You know, the, the issue is, though. What Adelia is saying is like, all this is going on, all this is going on, but when I fucking remember mm -hmm. and I get angry, you know, it's like, yeah. where do you go with that anger? Well, let me ask you this. What if she were to, and I know this is a you know a typical thing and people do this and I'm not saying in the normal way, but she write the letter to, her, to this, uh, not stepmom, but the, her dad's partner her dog step partner step partner uh and uh write that letter that says everything that you were like you did this you did this you ruined this you were horrible mm -hmm. write it down but normally people are like oh and then you can burn it or then you can throw it yeah. away or whatever don't do that keep it keep that letter and hold on to it and and get what your thoughts are precise Right. Hone them so that if she ever does sway or or stray from this feeling of being nice and mm -hmm. kind, you have it. It's like a, a secret weapon in your back yeah. pocket. Right. So that it's always there. You know, it's what you wanted to say. You know, it's how you wanted to say it. And at the drop of a hat, you could let it go. And then maybe if she's kind and nice and she's trying her her hardest to have a relationship with you, maybe it'll work. Maybe she can try and be a better person from, you know, 300 miles or 800 <laughs> miles away, right? And I'm not expecting you to go to lunch with her every day, but maybe she could be a better person and work hard her, the whole rest of her life to try and be better to you. But if she doesn't, yeah. you got it ready and waiting for her, you know? Yeah, but also if she does make it to the end, bury it, put, slip it in her coffin so she has to take the hate with her. <laughs> there you go. Wherever she's going. I love that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I do. I mean, I agree. The, uh, the, the write the letter to them thing I always like. Yeah, yeah. Because it just gets it out of me and yeah. puts it on paper and I can organize things. Exactly. But this is definitely a situation where I would um, wait for the offense to be committed. Yes, you know? exactly. Because you don't even know if she can talk about it, whatever. and you don't want to start a whole friggin' thing. Right. And this might be the only time in her life where she has the ability that I'm talking about the, the not the stepmom, the non stepmom yes. might have the ability to actually humble herself and, and admit, or at least admit to herself that she needs to be kinder and nicer and sweeter, extra sweet to you yeah. to make up for what she's done in the past. Yeah. You know, you could if you if you turn that away now, it will most likely never come back. Yeah. So. And you also don't have to make your whole life about her. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. going to feel angry, you are going to feel angry. Sure. Shit comes up. Sure. And it is possible, though, that the more your relationship grows with this step non mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with this four non blondes. <laughs> that. um. You will get to know more about her and understand 
Not that it's an excuse. Yes. Yes. For why someone is awful. Yes. There's the there's the difference between an explanation and an excuse. Yes. And they are very different words and very different, you know, animals. So I'm basically saying deal with the anger. It's your problem. And it's your fault for even caring about your dad in the first place. No, is that wrong? Yeah, that's all um, right. And you could also talk to your stepbrothers and sisters. Yeah. Or half, I guess it would be half brothers or stepbrothers? Half brothers. Half okay. brothers. Yeah, because they're, they're actual brothers, yeah. right? Because the dad. Because they are from daddy's seed. <laughs> I don't know. I always look at everyone as like very Midwestern in all of our questions. <laughs> yeah, right. Unless they're like, I'm from Boston. And then I picture them in Boston. <laughs> With a cowboy hat. Yeah. Anyway, unfortunately, as someone who, did she say how old she is? She does not. Okay. But so it was eight years that they didn't have, you know. She so didn't she's, speak, yeah. Who knows how, if you're, you know. 20 or 30 or 40 now, whatever it is, but you've been dealing with this for a long time. Yeah. And unfortunately this is, especially if you were younger when this happened, this is a time when the kid has to be the adult. Yep. And you are, you know, moderating this relationship and your anger and the tentative relationship forming your running it as the adult yep. and you're doing a good job and it's not always easy. So <laughs> get ready to attack. If it comes <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Delia, let us know how it's going. Call us back, write us back. That it's a very interesting story. I'm, I'd love to hear more about how it's going. Okay. So our next question is actually a phone call. Oh yeah. And it is from Trina. Let's listen to Trina. Hey, LB and Clark. Um, I guess it's not like a super big question, but I have the opportunity. Well, by the way, it's Trina from Vermont. I'm a lunch lady by day, but I also have the opportunity to be a substitute teacher at our school this year, which pays like quite a bit more and also is way easier work. So I feel like the easy, like the obvious answer is I should be doing that, right? Because the kitchen job is super freaking physically hard and also stressful as fuck. And also I don't make as much money. So I should just want to be substituting like the whole year, right? Why do I feel guilty about leaving my kitchen job? Can you help me? Can you just help me? this stupid job that breaks my back and makes me no money. Oh my God. Lord, I need you guys. Anyway, I love you. And that was Trina. Thanks, Trina and her 12 pack of white claw. <laughs> um, thank you for your call. Yeah, man. It's scary to do something new, even if it's supposed to be good. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I mean, I'm excited for you that you have this new opportunity to be yeah. a substitute teacher. It sounds like you've never done it before. And is it too good to be true? And if I take this and give up my lunch lady job, am I going to have nothing? Right. And have to be Cinderella and like work <laughs> on someone's whatever. I don't know what Cinderella so, yeah. would work on you someone's clearly whatever. You never watched Cinderella. Yeah. Cinderella had to work at the coal mine. 
<laughs> with all the, the animals and mice. And then her uncle killed her father with a wildebeest. <laughs> That's what happened, right? I, I think so, yeah. I think, it's, I think I've got a good handle on the Disney canon. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super scary. I mean, there's a whole... There's a whole saying for it. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Yep. You know? exactly right. You're in this job. We've all been in a job like that. Yeah. You know? This is killing me. This is making me unhappy. This is stressful. This is, you know, all of this stuff. But it's what I've got and it's what I know. Yeah. And you have a new opportunity. What you don't say, though, is... You know, I know you're you're a lunch lady. You said that means you're still working with kids. You're in a school. Sure. You're with a team. Sure. And you know, there's that familiarity, and then there's that kind of emotional connection to what you're doing and who you're doing it with. And you've been doing that a long time. Yeah. But if it is killing you <laughs> physically and emotionally, yeah. no, you didn't say emotionally, well, but. Right? No, no, no. Just physically. Oh, okay, good, good, yeah. good. I'm, I'm really well, glad you're just being killed physically. And stressful as fuck. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, it's okay to branch out and try some other stuff. And yeah. it's scary. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. Yeah. Is that it's scary. Yeah. So, I don't know if you have to... Is it just one or the other? <laughs> well, it's to be a substitute teacher. So I feel like to me, this is reading like Trina would still be the lunch lady. Mm-hmm. She'd be lunch ladying every day. And then, you know, oh, Wednesday pops up and uh, Jerry, the gym teacher called out sick. So she needs to step away from her lunch ladying duties uh-huh. and take over his PE class for, you know, a couple of hours that day. I just really want next week to be like Jerry called. He's a gym teacher, but he really wants to be a lunch lady. He tells us his whole story. That's exactly my right. job isn't physically or stressfully enough. Damaging to my body. I do think though that you're right about the the team thing. That might be a scary part too. Is that Trina is working as a lunch lady now, which means she's one of five or one mm. of ten or whatever it is of people that are working in that lunch lady crew. And to move into teaching, that's a very solitary job. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're with kids all day long. Yeah, but fuck them. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's it's not like they're your coworkers. They're your students. Yeah, so, know, right? so it really is a solitary job being a teacher. And that might be another scary element to it. I just pictured that like that like touching moment in a movie with where the kid's like, I don't need you to be my friend. I need you to be my mom. <laughs> like you're trying to be all cool with the kids. You know? Wait, I thought you were going to say, I don't need you to be my friend. I need you to be my lunch lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has just gotten confusing. <laughs> she wants to be their substitute teacher. I, what I don't know, and it, from, it, it makes sense from what you're saying, Clark. But yeah. It's not necessarily a thing where you can say, oh, I'm not going to lunch lady today. I've got a substitute teaching job. I don't know so what the, if the you de- Vermont school rules yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
right? Uh, they're all cool, man. Whatever makes you feel good. As long as Bernie's okay with it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if this is a choice that you have to make to give up oh, yeah. your lunch lady job, yeah. to go to be a substitute teacher, that is a big, scary thing. It is. And only you know the, you know... One of the jobs has substitute in the name. Right. So I don't know how, you know, steady of work yeah. that would be yeah. unless a lot of the teachers get food poisoning <laughs> from their school lunches. That's true. It's a good point. Trina's just a diabolical <laughs> supervillain. Man, that's awesome. It's like turning into Shawshank Redemption yeah, all of a sudden. Exactly. Don't fuck with her. <laughs> Don't, two things happened that day. <laughs> One thing is he never ate, drank through a straw again. Yeah. I can't, that's why I have a horrible Morgan Freeman impression. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was just the worst. Uh, okay. Just with the Princess Bride, if you haven't seen the Straw Shank of Redemption, oh. please shut this off and go watch it. What a weird double feature. Yeah. Princess Bride and Shawshank. Yeah. That's a good that. Those are great movies. Those are two great movies. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So Trina, <laughs> sorry, your life is falling apart. Yeah. Sca any change is going to be scary. Yeah. Especially when you're an adult and you're making this career change. Yes. And it's, I mean, it's all within the school system and it's all, you know, they're related. Yeah. But if you think that you can be successful as the teacher, yeah, as a substitute teacher and make the money you need to make, it's it's would be worth it to step away from something that is physically and emotionally so stressful. Right. Reliable but stressful. Exactly. Reliably stressful. Yeah, which is the just the Mwah, perfect thing that we all do. Right, exactly. Let me stick with this thing that's killing me because I'm afraid of something new. Well, also, let's point out that she says uh, she would be making quite a bit more money. Yeah, that's so the thing, yeah. if she's going to be making more money and it's substitute teaching and if you're, it's your right that, that she's giving up lunch ladying, yeah. then you have to add one more element to that. If you are getting more money by substituting, that means that you're also going to be getting more money to have more free time. Yeah, that's what I wish I had the real metrics on here. Yeah. Because it's like, or is it that substituting for one day makes more money than lunch lading for right. one day? But, but lunch lading is five days a week. Exactly. And substituting see, is only two or yeah, whatever. So there's, um, there's some... X's to be yeah. solved for in this yeah. conundrum. Seriously. And we all know I didn't go to school, so <laughs> solve it you yourself, know. bitches. Um, you're the only one, Trina, at this point who knows all of those variables. Yeah. And if it is a responsible financial decision for you to say, yeah, this would be good, then it's probably a responsible thing for you to do to say my back is broken and yeah. I'm stressed beyond belief yeah. and I want to do this. Yeah. The guilt you're, you're feeling what it is about, you know, leaving, leaving anything that yeah. you've worked on. And it might not even be guilt. It might just be fear Yeah, that you're just yes, kind of yes, putting on yes. that. Like, well, I'm going to, I'm leaving my, my coworkers right. and what the kids need their lunches. And right. it's really like, well, that's a way to talk yourself into staying put yeah. and not taking a chance. Yeah. So 
really look at look at yourself, Trina. Look at yourself. <laughs> Think of the children. Think of the children. <laughs> Think of yourself first. Yeah, exactly. You've been feeding Think of those yourself. children for a while. Have yeah. they been? Have they appreciated you? <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope so too, because she's making kind of a a lateral move if she yeah. doesn't like kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, these kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> I have to see them every lunchtime. <laughs> I think I'll move to all day. <laughs> well, hopefully that helps, Trina. Uh, let us know how you're doing. Uh, and we're actually gonna, we're, we have such long questions today, long winded questions. We're just going to move straight on to our final question of the day. Are oh, you ready? Okay, yeah, okay. we're going through. It's been, gotcha, it's been gotcha. good. So, uh, this final question is from Janet. Damn it. Janet. Uh, <laughs> and she has, she says, so. I have this cousin I'll call Donna, who's been living with her boyfriend. I'll call Wally. I adore Donna. She was like a little sister growing up. A few years ago, she dropped everything at her job and flew hundreds of miles to help out with my baby when we had a tragic death in the family. She runs a community outreach that helps kids in her area. She moves mountains to help others. I want my kid to know her. It's one of the main reasons why we're going to visit the Northeast so they can spend time together. So my kid can know Donna. So we're supposed to go spend a few days and nights at Donna's house. I already have the fight flights booked, but here's the issue. I've never met the guy, but other family members are telling me apparently her now live in boyfriend Wally doesn't just do shrooms for depression, but he's a total pothead, and I'm really allergic to weed. It will give me awful asthma, and I'm hearing that even though Donna has told Wally not to smoke weed in her house, she finds ashes around the house. He's obviously smoking inside and not respecting her wishes. I'm also hearing Donna is doing some shrooms and smoking weed sometimes, too. I mean, I'm not anti-weed or anti-shrooms, but it doesn't sound like the Donna I know. And weed does make me really sick. Our family feels like she's seeing someone with a substance abuse problem and getting sucked into it. Also, this relationship started as a swingers relationship years ago that in part ended Donna's marriage. And P.S., because Wally is black and Donna is white, I've heard anytime our family has an issue with Wally, Donna calls it racist microaggressions. Really, our family couldn't care less what color his skin is. The drugs are the actual concern. How do I ask Donna to not have the place a weed-riddled smoke den when my husband, kid, and I get to her house? What if she gets offended? What should I plan for? Do I talk to Wally directly when I get there? Thanks, Janet. God damn, dude. Yeah, right? I feel like that question had every social ill. <laughs> it's just missing one abortion. <laughs> she Seriously. had the kit. I know. This is like an entire soap opera script. Huge. Yeah. Um, Janet. Damn it. Damn it, Janet. That is a lot. Yeah. I want to get Donna on the phone right? and say, what's going on? Yeah. Um, well, the easiest part of, of, uh, to attack on this yeah. is if I understand from <laughs> <laughs> right this tale, um, <laughs> you love Donna. Donna was like your little sister growing up. Yes. Donna came out and helped Janet. Yes. 
Yeah, she traveled uh, across the country, it sounds like. Yeah. And so, hey, I want you to meet my baby. Yeah. Miss Donna. Or yeah. To, I guess they already met. To, they, to get to know her daughter as a person. Yeah, Hang exactly. Out. Exactly. I'm sure they've met as babies. Exactly. But uh, now that the kids are old enough to learn from adults, yeah. she wants one of those adults to be Donna. Yes, exactly. Um. You can attack this. You can attack this many ways. Yeah. What I would say is that it's important for you to let Donna know, here's what I need. Here are my concerns yeah. about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not um, you have to tell Wally not to smoke in the house. Right. I mean, he lives there, too. Right. And, you know, she said, like, oh, it's Donna's house and he doesn't respect what she wants. It's like, well, that's their problem. Yeah, yeah. But I would, you know, really make it clear to Donna and not in a, you know, I don't approve of this way, but, like, I will get really, really sick. And I don't yeah. know. I mean, if he just, like, smokes outside. Yeah. Is that going to be okay? Or right. whatever it is that you physically need Janet and, and what can make that work or more specifically, what will make it bad? Yeah. Like what will set you off for feeling ill and having an asthma attack Yes, to really discuss that with Donna. And if you want to go see her, that's fine. And have a backup plan, right? Have someone else in the area you can stay with. Yeah. You can get a hotel room. Like, have a backup plan because if if what you say and of course I mean we're getting this all from Janet's point of view sure sure, sure 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 I haven't spoken to uh, Wally nor Donna yeah that's true and those aren't those aren't their real names no, either no no this is all making it up uh, she might not even be Janet it's possible yeah it's quite well, possible her whole life is a lie <laughs> um, the thing to do is to go in with what you need and your concerns are for yourself, Janet. Yeah. Not, I don't think this guy should be smoking in your house and right. I don't like what you're turning into right. with him and whatever, you know. Right. And then, because, and then quite frankly, you know, you don't seem racist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't even know if your name is really Janet. <laughs> but, um, you know, this whole thing with the, if anybody says anything, it's a racist microaggression, you know, that's that's a thing you're going to have to let happen if it's going to happen. Right. Because all you need to do is stand up. St I don't even mean stand up for yourself. <laughs> that sounded so lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just reach out to your, you know, your cousin who's like your little sister that right. you love more than everything. Right. And who loves you. Right. That's the thing. And say... I'm just kind of concerned this is what's going to happen to me if I'm around a lot of weed. Yeah. Is that going to be a problem? Can he smoke outside? Can't whatever the deal is. Yeah. And really lay out what you need to not feel sick. Right. And uh, all, I let me just also throw throw in here. The we have to keep in mind too that Donna left her home the minute that Janet had some death in the family to travel hundreds of miles to help Janet out. Clearly Donna loves Janet. Yeah. Just like Janet loves Donna. Yes. So the, we also, we have to keep that in mind as well, because what that means to me is that you're hundred percent right. LB. If she starts the whole process by saying, if Janet starts this process by saying, 
Hey, Donna, I can't wait to come. We're so excited to be there. I just really, I, you know, I hope you understand that, you know, I'm allergic. It's really hard for me. I can't do it. I just want to make sure that we're going to be able to feel comfortable and safe in the house. You know, if he wants to go outside and smoke or do whatever, that's fine. But while we're there, we would really like that to not be encroaching our space. Right. Mm -hmm. And if Donna loves Janet as much as Janet loves Donna, she should be absolutely more than willing to be like, of course, not a problem. We can do that. That's going to be easy. Right. Hopefully, if that's the, the relationship that they have. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's exactly like what you're saying. Or maybe Donna will be more on the on the the search to keep you happy. Right. Because she doesn't want to upset you. So maybe she'll be putting out more effort than she would normally do to either stay on top of Wally to make sure that he's going outside or doing whatever or that they're stopping for a little whatever it is. Yeah. Maybe she will put that extra effort out for you no matter what they're doing. I want to know. I want to know Wally's side. Yeah. Right. Wally's dealer's side. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where Wally's getting all these shrooms. Right. Come on. Uh, but yeah, it. this is a tough one. Yeah, it it gotta be clear with what you need Janet to stay healthy. Right. There's a lot of names in this one. I know. We keep being very specific with the names. <laughs> um be very clear about what you will need to not be ill. Yes. That's kind of a hard thing to argue with. Yes. And if that is, you know, promised, if that is, you know, you asked if you could need to speak to Wally and, you know, if you talk to Donna, maybe you could say, yeah, I'll tell him myself. Yeah. You know, that yeah. I don't want to encroach on your way of life, but this is what's happening. And if that's agreed to, or if that's, you know, put out there like, you know, absolutely. We love you. We want you to come. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I would have a backup plan just yes. in case. Yes. Just yes, because yes. of all the other weirdness that Donna's been wallying through. That's exactly right. That she's been wallying in. <laughs> Oh like dear. That. that was good. Oh dear. Okay. All right. Clark puts a stamp of approval on it. I like that. That was a good dad joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Janet, good luck. Let us know how it goes. Uh, how I like that he gave up. Like, Janet, you know, just, yeah, good luck. Good this luck. isn't going to work out. <laughs> no. Just, we get, the, we get the next weeks from Janet, like, I went to Donna's house and had an asthma attack from Wally's weed. Now I'm in the ICU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn it. Oh, man. That was some bad, bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Janet. We really appreciate that. And we appreciate all of you guys. You guys are doing so amazing at sending us these great questions. Oh, my God. These were specifically. I know. Like, I, I, we love the background, but you can just ask a simple question. <laughs> exactly. I feel like we got like 10 stories from four people. I know. I'm waiting for the day that somebody just writes us and is like, I'm thinking of getting a Ford Escalade yeah. or, a, a, you know, Jeep Cherokee. What should I do? <laughs> well, okay, emotionally, that's, a, that's an easy one. What you need to do <laughs> is connect with the car dealer. <laughs> 
And the car dealer's like, I want to give up my car dealer job. <laughs> to be a lunch lady. To be a lunch lady, exactly. <laughs> now, if we could just match person to person throughout, right? we could fix everyone's life. Seriously. But thank you very much for those questions. Those yeah. were wallaby. Yeah, they were wally-ish. Uh, if you guys have a question or a decision that's weighing heavily on you, please send it to us and let LB ease your burden. Send us your problems at AskGloryBeth.com. You can follow us on all the socials at AskGloryBeth, or you can leave us a message with your voice at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG. And you can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram, at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter, which I don't understand Twitter, Ugh. I've realized. Okay. Because I've set my Instagram, like you can make it to post to your Twitter, okay. but then it doesn't. I Somebody help me. Someone uh. under 100, help me. <laughs> anyway, Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter, if you want to see like links to something else you need to look at. <laughs> and there's an LB Denberg. No, there's a Lori Beth Denberg fan page mm. on Facebook. And if you want to book me for a personalized video, you can do so at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. Yes. Did I shill enough? I think you shill all that you wanted to shill. I shilled all over this shit. <laughs> all right, you guys, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye, babies. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.